Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. another edition of Swoops World Late Night. Uh, tonight, it's an abbreviated show, uh, broadcasting from the main office. It's just Swoop here. T-Bone and Taylor are uh, we're not around tonight because uh, we're moving the studio. So we uh, we weren't going to broadcast at all, but our, our good friend Anthony Davis, is uh, he's got a new book coming out. So we're going we're gonna to chat with AD a little bit here and uh, talk about his new book coming out and all the cool things he's got going on with that, as well as... Uh, you know, a little bit about the sports of the day, as uh, we usually talk about with AD. So uh, that's what we got going tonight, is uh, basically just one hour. Be uh, in and out of here by 9 o'clock, and all the usual brewskis and T-Bones timeouts and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, it's going to be on hold for another week or two, but uh, as soon as we get the studio put back together, we, uh, we'll be back regularly, as always. We're going to take our first big break, and I'll uh, get AD on the line, and we'll come back in and do it. This here is Acidic. This is called Strata Red.
faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. My name is Ruth Rusi, and this is how I live United. I read to children as part of United Way's education program. It helps them create links between language and literacy and prepares them for a better academic future. I figure I have the time and they have the need. My name is Ruth Rusi. I help kids prepare to succeed in school. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. You are listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, there's a sharp phone on the wall, and you're listening to Twirl. Hello, AD. How you doing, man? Doing fine. How are you? Good, man. Great to have you back on the show, and it's always uh, always a pleasure to have a chance to talk to you. And tonight's kind of special because uh, we get to talk to you. Uh, I guess it's exclusively uh, the first uh, first thing you uh, first time you're going to talk about the book on the radio, huh? That's it. Nice, nice. And of course, we'll uh, we'll chat about some of the things happening in sports as well as we uh, as we always do. But uh, uh, I, I have the pleasure of uh, being able to talk to you today. Uh, you have a book that's going to be coming out. It looks like the first part of November, and and we're going to have you back exclusively as well as uh, Jeremy Rosenberg at the time. Uh, I guess he, uh, you, and he uh, co-wrote the book together. But the book's entitled uh, "Kickoff Concussion: How the Notre Dame Killer Recovered from uh, Recovered His Brain." Tell us a little bit about uh, the book and and, uh, and uh, how, what made you decide to write the book. Well, first of all, it's a menu of different things. It talks about my whole my life and the different things that I've been through, but it also the cluster of the book is on the concussion situation. The reason why I started because of Dr. Amy was a guy by the name of Don Bacos, who's now passed away. He used to be a head with the pharmacist at Cedar Sinai, who was a graduate of USC in the, in the School of Pharmacy. He, we were talking one day, and he says, have you ever had your brain scanned? I said, why do I need my brain scanned? Well, you've had collisions in football, Anthony. Anybody who puts a helmet on has some kind of trauma. And I really thought about it and thought about it. And I said, you know, he says, well, the doctor you need to go see is a guy by the name of Dr. Daniel Amy. So I go see him and found out I had damage, and I had two concussions, and I had one that I didn't even know I had. Wow. And so with a lot of thought, and uh, I said, you know something, I need to do something. And that's why I decided to write the book. And, you know, I've been on supplements for the last seven years under payments. I mean, I do, I do hyperbaric chamber. I take his supplements. I've been doing it since 207. And, uh, and, it, and with the problems with the concussions, the lawsuits, the NFL, and these, these high collisions, I said, I just wanted to express myself on what I went through and what I dealt with. With these things, because it is a major issue today in sport, and I'm very aware of collisions. I see guys have, there's a concussion almost every every week in every game. Somebody has some kind of head trauma everywhere. Right. So, uh, 
So I just thought I should share my experience and make people aware of the dangers of uh, playing football. It's a great game, but it's a dangerous game. Yeah. When you talk about uh, you had these brain scans done, what, what does that consist of? And, and uh, besides uh, being able to identify the fact that you had concussions, what else did that, did that uh, scan provide for the doctor? Well, first of all, it gives him and shows him a history of where your brain has been. There's many different kind of brains and kind of trauma the brains go through. And simply, you know, uh, when, they, when, they, when they scanned my brain, for example, uh, and after they studied the brain and also found on a spot on my brain where I had another concussion I didn't know, he diagnosed my brain as having an 85-year-old brain, 85-year-old man. I felt I was sharp and whatever he says. Based on the damage to your brain, you were headed to pre-Alzheimer's. And that got my attention real quick. Yeah. That, that's the thing that he provided me and showed me. Then he showed me scans of different brains, all the different brains of you have the traumatic brain injuries with soldiers, that's number one. That's the worst. Then you got MAN fighting, MMMA fighting. You got boxing. You got pro football. You got the boxer's brain. You got the hockey brain. You got the soccer brain. And then you get into the elements of the chemical brain. You got the meth brain. You have marijuana brain, the cocaine brain, the chemotherapy brain, and then the smelling of chemicals. So all of these scans are out there. Yeah. And, it, and they, they do so much damage to each, to brain. each scan shows that. So I've been well-educated from a novice standpoint on how this stuff works and how the brain works and operates based on what you've been through, what kind of trauma has been through. During the, during the course of uh, the writing of the book, was there anything that you discovered um, about yourself or about concussions and brain injury that you hadn't, hadn't found out previously? Well, first of all, I realized I realized that you know when I was playing football, you know, I was really beat up. When I, you know, when I was in the NFL with Tampa Bay and then with the Rams and being in Canada, I took a hell of a beating on it as a football player. And of course, if you play on a team that's 0 26, you know, <laughs> and then you, you know, I, end up with, I end up with the Rams and stuff. And one day I just woke up to you know I'm really tired. I, I knew I was beat up and I was just rigging some training camp, but I I really didn't know. But it was, I knew, and, and I, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, I woke up one day in training camp, I was tired and beat up. Then I realized I made a mistake, I should have played professional baseball. At this time, at 20 years old, I'd been almost in my, I'd have been in baseball to the top of my game, didn't do it, and I realized, you know, it's time for me to give the game. And I gave the game up pretty much. It was a mutual thing because Carol Rose got, got, got killed, and he had big plans for me with the Rams when I got there. But when he died, things changed. So a combination of that and me being beat up and tired, I said, you know something, I'm done with this. Well, according to Dr. Amen, based on my scans and everything, and what I know today, he said the best thing ever happened is when you walked away from football. Yeah. Because it's based on what your, the history of what your scans have said. So uh, that is why uh, I'm very aware now. And if I'd have known what I know today, I'd have never stepped on the football field. Wow. Ever. Dr. Uh, Amen, um, he's uh, one of the top experts in this field, correct? Absolutely. I mean, and one of the things that, that I've always said about him, and I say this publicly, is that he's the only one that has a comprehensive program that the NFL and all college football should adapt. And what we believe and what we advocate is that 
if you're going to get your brain kicked in and get your brain beat up, you should be under this supplement program, period, in the story, especially come out of the NFL and stuff. There's guys in the league who've had concussions that should be getting treated right now. He believes that you should have a comprehensive supplement program and everybody should be in a hyperbaric chamber once a week, at least at least that playing football. I know it's a kind of controversial thing now due to the fact that it's been a lawsuit with the, with the brain injuries and, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, But if you're going to do that, he ended up now, now here, here's one of the issues. I know youth football has been down 6% in the last year. Mothers are just not letting their kids play football anymore. And so it's a major growing concern, but how do you do it? It's a catch-22. This is a $10 billion business in the NFL, and I don't know how many billions of dollars it is in, in, in NC2A football. And, and it's part of our culture. You know, Football is part of the American culture. So how are you going to combat this? So uh, Dr. Amen and I, uh, we suggest that, and I, and, I, and, and, I, and I wish the NFL would adapt what he's doing. They haven't done that yet, but it's really ironic to me is that how can you have all the stuff to treat everything else but the brain? <laughs> That's the head of the snake. That's the head of the snake. So you so, and, and, and everybody needs to be educated. I believe what's going to happen, Keith, is uh, down the road, is that it's going it's to get so controversial about these head injuries. I believe, and this is my own thought, this is my own opinion, that they're going to start scanning each one of these guys' heads after every year and determine how long you're going to play. Because this, I'm not going to mention that. There's a guy in the league right now that's had 11 diagnosed concussions. He's playing right now. Wow. 11 concussions. Now, as you know, Wes Walker of the Denver Broncos, he's had three concussions in nine months. If I had three concussions in nine months, I'm not playing football anymore. Yeah. The next one can be fatal. And, he, and, here, and here's another thing about the Peyton Manning situation. Uh, he's had four neck surgeries. I don't care how great a player it is or what he's done or what he's accomplished. All it takes is one hit. All it takes is one shot. And he can, be, he can have paralysis or it can be more, more tragic than that. So I, I know the listeners out there say, what is Anthony Davis talking about? Well, I'm just telling you. Anytime you get hit, that head shakes. It's like an egg in a bowl. It'll shake so much it'll fall out. Right. It spins out of a bowl. So I'm just saying you, you don't have to really be hit smack straight in the head to have trauma. If you fall on the acid turf and get hit, that's trauma. If you, if you block somebody and their head shakes like a whiplash, that's trauma. But the, but the most severe is, the, of course, the head-on collision what happens. That's what happens. The question I have, because you, like you're talking about the trauma uh, involved in it, um, the, the the supplements and the hyperbaric chamber, what what how does that play into um, repairing the damage from the trauma? Well, first of all, you know, oxygen helps speed up the process. The supplements I take is is the healing process. Mm-hmm. You take I take one supplement supplement that helps the the flow of the flow of blood to the brain. Now, I'm talking from a novice standpoint. Now. Right. I'm not a doctor. The other thing is, when you have head trauma, it affects the blood flow, the back and the front of the brain. So I take a thing called Neurovite, as a vitamin. I take a stuff called a brain, mem- doc- a brain memory, 
I take heavy doses of fish oil. I take, I take, I take this stuff twice a day, and I've been doing this religion for seven months. And it's, I mean, seven years. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, it's improved tremendously. Mm-hmm. Those key and those key elements help treat the trauma. And then, and then, all on top of that, you get in that hyperbaric chamber all the time. That helps up. That helps the, the blood flow. That helps all of that. Right. And I believe that every NFL team and every college team should have a, a hyperbaric chamber in their facility, and they should be on a, a supplement program, which no one's not. He has the only comprehensive program in the country, Dr. Amy. So <clears throat> those supplements that I take is one of the reasons why I'm where I am today. And, and it, it's amazing how far I've come from in 2007 and 9. And I thought I was a sharp individual. Yeah. But I've improved so much. Why do you think, rehab Why do you think that the, they haven't uh, adopted uh, his his plan or or, or, or something similar uh, to this? Uh, you know, the NFL and even the NCAA. I really don't even know. They might have some kind of program, but I would I'd be willing to bet all the key in China. No one has the pro, has the has the, the program in the in Amen's staff anywhere in the country. They need to adapt this program, and and I advocate that. I don't know whether or not. NFL is uh, turned off by them, or they might think it's voodoo doc- doctoring or uh, voodoo medicine. Well, I'm the proof in the pudding. And I'm, I, and I'm the first of 114 guys, 115, 140, whatever the, the number is, correct? Of uh, four NFL players that he scanned brains, I was the first guy. I started the program. And, you know, he compliments me. He says, well, you know, he thinks the answer, I'm the father of, the, of, of, his, uh, of his practice. Of being the first guy having his brain, his brain study thing of NFL brain study. Yeah. And I don't know why the NFL has not embraced him. I mean, all he's trying to do is self. All he's trying to be aware of the, of, of the problems of concussion. Right. You know, the NFL is a ten billion dollar company, a ten billion dollar industry. And all I've ever said, and, and without the lawsuits and everything, all I've ever said is, hey, forget the the, the money compensation. Look, you've had 4,600 guys, 4, guys sued the NFL. And it was a $765 million settlement or whatever. Now they've rejected it back, whatever the federal judge has done. Well, that comes out to maybe 15000 per player. Well, that's nothing. And I made a joke about if a guy has a drinking problem or a drug problem or a painkiller problem, well, he's going to go through that quick little money. <laughs> so, so what I advocate is, is have lifetime medical. Just medical, just, just to treat these guys from all different kind of ailments. The main thing is is, is the is the brain. And then you got the joint issues, you got the knee issues, you got all kind of issues. So I mean, these guys need a lot of help. So I, I would think instead of the self, let's do it. Let's do a comprehensive medical plan for all these retired players. That's a you know that's been interesting about that. And you and I have had discussions about this too uh, privately. There's so many uh, uh, retired players uh, walking around with some serious injuries. I mean, we understand it, it's a sport that they chose to play, and, and, and you guys know the risk going in. But there's right. some serious long-term injuries uh, involved uh, from taking the beating that, that uh, professional football players uh, take. Absolutely. I mean, just, just give me an example. You know, I mean, it, it's been publicized about Tony Dorsey, and he's had a lot of serious, he's had a lot of problems. And then you had Jim McMahon of the, of, of the Chicago Bears. I understand that, and I don't know how true this is, is that he'd have a conversation and he'd go in the next room and come back the next room and he forgot what he even talked about. 
you know, stuff like that. You know, I, I know one guy's very comprehensive about his situation, Bill Romanowski, the linebacker Denver Broncos, Oakland Raiders. Now, he's very well. He really taking he's taking hold of his situation and stuff like that. You know, <clears throat> big tight end Fleming, Mar Fleming with the Miami Dolphins. He's very religious in taking his stuff. He he's part of the team with Amy. Yeah. He does a hyperbaric chambers and stuff like that. I mean, there's been some cases where guys have been on the freeway. And I don't want to mention it, Nick been on three where he forgot where he was and how the choke had to get him home. He was only two minutes from his house. Wow. You hear stories like that all the time. Yeah. And then of course the then of course the, the suicides of uh, Junior Seau and Dave Durson and, and uh Andre Waters. Uh is really tragic in terms of what the C T E thing they found that enzyme that, that they discovered. Uh so 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 in other words it's been an awful situation. They've had some tragic situations, and the head, the head injuries are most severe. Then you got the joints, you got the hips, you got you got all kind of stuff, and then you got all the problems with uh, the weight problems with a lot of these guys. You got to remember, some of these three hundred pounders, instead of them losing that weight, they blow up to four or five hundred pounds. Some of them. Yeah. So, there's a you know there's there's, there's a, a thing that a lot of happens to a lot of athletes and and, I, and I've read stories about it and, and experienced it myself. Uh, you know when you're when you're when you're competing every day and you're working out and you're consuming a lot of calories and whatnot. Uh, when when the when the uh, career is over, uh, you have to kind of dial that back. And, and I think a lot of people don't. They, they they they're not as active anymore, but they're still consuming the same number of calories and. And uh, doing a whole lot less, and uh, and they just you know just blow up and gain you know fifty hundred pounds. Yeah, it's simple. You can't consume and not burn it at all. Right. If you consume, you blow up like a balloon. Then there's some rare people. With some people, that if you don't work out, you lose your you lose your muscle tone. Some guys actually lose weight, but most people, but most of them gain the weight. And the metabolism slows down. They don't burn it and, and, and burn their food and metabolize the food properly. So that's right. You know, for example, you take Reggie White, who passed away, and plus he suffered from sleep apnea, something from lung ailment. I believe he had a gastric bypass. He did. He did. I think he was four. He was three thirty when he retired. He blew up to like four sixty something like that. Not really sure of the weight, but uh, it's very tragic what happened to him. Yeah. You know, so uh, so that's another. That, that's one example of guys getting overweight and stuff and stuff like that. But the main thing. <clears throat> a lot of these guys, as you know, the average age of an NFL player is 58 years old. You know, that's it. That's the average age life expectancy of a, of a, of a football player. Wow. That plays in collegiate and professional football. And that's basically what the whole body's gone through. Well, it's like and you said, it's like you do, said when, you got, when, when you got your scan, you said your brain was of a, a, that of an 80-year-old, right? 85-year-old man, I was shocked. Yeah. I'm looking at the doctor. I said, the doctor, are you, are you doctor, something wrong with you? <laughs> I'm not 85 years old. <laughs> I'm 55. <laughs> you know, your brain has been traumatized, yeah. and, and, and that's where it's headed. And if you don't start treating your brain, you, you're headed for free all that's, 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 that's the nature of what's happening based on what's, based on my diagnosis and what we've seen in your on your scan in your brain. That's what you're headed for. And of course, you know we know that the, the death of uh, John Mack, the great tight end, all miners. Guy named I played with named Don Don Shaw. We called him Papa Shaw, who played Gale Sayers. He died of all miners. And then you know it, it goes on and on. And, and then you got 
And then you got other people that are out there, unknown guys. There's plenty of guys that have Alzheimer's now who play in the league. Plenty. Yeah. There's many. It, it's it's interesting, and you brought up you brought up an important fact that uh, you know we uh, we take care of you know you know, guys guys hit the weight room they hit you know and a lot of guys you know they do the nutritional thing, um, but uh, taking care of their brain is 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 kind of on the back burner there, and, and it seems like that that what he has done, uh, Dr. Amen, and uh, what you've learned is is something for that most people can benefit from, not just. Uh, football players, a lot of people, uh, you know, just taking care of your brain in in general uh, is probably a, a positive thing. Let alone people who have done things that have Im- impacted it uh, through trauma. Well, the one thing about Amos, Amos has, has had several publications and books out trying to educate the public on brain trauma in many areas. I mean, it's just not sports; it's everything across society. I mean, you, you know, you, whatever you put in your body can traumatize your brain. That's why when people smoke weed, which they shouldn't do, or drink too much alcohol, or put the uh, illegal drugs or the substances in their body who, who destroy their brain cells, he educates people on how to prevent this, what 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 they need to do through all his research. And it, it, it's really amazing what he's come to and what he's tried to do to, for people. And, of course, he has a show on KCET, him and his wife, and, and they're very comprehensive with how they tell and explain to people and, you know, I mean, I haven't seen anybody out there that has done what he's done. Yeah. And, and, I, and I would love to see the, the, the NFL embrace him more. And just and what he's doing for society, period, is monumental. Monumental. What was the uh, – the, I, I don't know if you've uh, written uh, or participated in the writing of any other books, but uh, what was this experience like for you in the actual writing of the book? Well, it was uh, it was great. This made me reminisce on a lot of different things all through my life, and uh, different people that influenced my life. The people that, uh, of course, uh, had some issues going through my my adversities in life, and people who really made it made an impact on my life in terms of where I was going and what I did. Then also some of the mistakes I've made. <clears throat> I'm just sharing the experience where it can help other people. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why. That's what I enjoyed doing because I was there. Express my, what my thoughts were, what I was going through, and what I was doing, and, and looking forward to the future for the rest of my life. And I just wanted to share that. It's outstanding. Uh, and the book is uh, is due to come out uh, the early part of November. Uh, there'll be a, uh, and we'll be putting out the information uh, later on uh, in, a, in a week or two. Uh, people will be able to order off the website and off of Facebook as well as even uh, Twitter. So. It uh, sounds like it's a, v- a very interesting book, and look forward to reading it. And uh, when it is actually out, then uh, how about you and, uh, and uh, your co-writer, Jeremy, uh, come back on the show and, and, and discuss it in, in, in depth? Absolutely. AD, Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's switch gears here. Like I said, it's a short show today, so let's, let's switch gears here, and uh, let's kind of talk about some of the sports stuff you and I have been talking about over the week here. Uh, I, 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 I saw my son uh, showed me uh, something that somebody put on the internet uh, which had the scores, the NFL scores uh, for Sunday and uh, it got down to the Raiders and it said uh, by week 38 Raiders 0 uh, they, they, they... <laughs> <laughs> you, you had mentioned last week that uh, the Raiders were, or uh, the, the employees and Raiders and the staff was just uh, just taking the money and cashing the checks, and apparently uh, 
uh, Gannon, the former quarterback for the Raiders, agreed with you because he uh, he had a big uh, thing on the news uh, on his radio show, and it, it made all the papers that uh, he was uh, saying that these guys were stealing. Uh, he said everybody there from the top down needs to stop cashing those checks until they uh, until they improve. Well, you know, I mean, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, when you have a team that that's that's in shambles and stuff. In, in, in Shannon's standpoint, when you have, I don't know how many coaches they've had in 10 years, you can't have that many coaches in 10 years. See, once you start trying to figure out what the system's going to be, then the guy's gone. So what happens is the complacency goes with guys on the contract. And, you know, it's a catch-22. Now, now my thing about, and I don't, and I don't, really, I don't really know here exactly what, what Gannon said, but the bottom line is it starts at the top. So, the top has to make sure the soldiers are in line. But if you keep shifting and changing things within the organization, and you can't be safe. And, and, you know, I'd rather go two or three years of mediocre football and losing to, until everybody catches on to the season and you build the pieces. Well, nobody has a chance to do that because you're getting rid of a coach. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't have a new set. Look, they probably had, what, five or six different systems in, what, ten years? You can't do it. It doesn't work anyway on any kind of football. Because terminology changes the game. Everybody has their own terminology. Right. But the excellence is the same, and you hit the same. But the term, the academic part of the game changes. So uh, I get what Gannon said. If you're talking about the money, of course. That's what's going to happen. The guys on the contract, you're not going to walk away from that kind of money unless they just kick you out of the door. <laughs> you're going to keep taking the money. See, see they're going to come. They're going to get up and go to work every day. But they're saying, okay, employer, I'm here. It's up to you to, to, to bring somebody here to, to put me in the right place to play the game. And if you're not going to do that, you're going to sit there and just take your money until they get rid of you. That's basically what has happened. It's, I mean, because uh, they, they have talent there, but me is putting talent together and letting somebody believe in one system. That's why I always talk about Belichick. How long has Belichick known the Patriots? 13 years? Everybody knows the system. When everybody goes to the Patriots, everybody knows how you can you fit it in what they're trying to do and what their philosophy is, and that's it. Okay, if you go, if you go, now you look at Jim Harbaugh, the 49ers. They can harp all you want about it. This man is successful everywhere he goes. Look at Pete Carroll. Look what he has. See, everybody knows what Pete's about. Everybody knows what's expecting in a Pete Carroll team. That's what you have. Yeah. You see, so, but but when it comes to the Raiders situation, it's unstable. You got to have you got to have a staff. You got to have a front office. And, and, and everybody's got to be on the same cylinder. One guy can't be in left field. Other guy can't be in right. Other guy can't be sitting in a hole. Everybody's got to be in the same stream of thought process to run a, a, a good organization. You know that's what's, what it is. What is what's extremely interesting, and you're right, David. They, they they go they go through coaches like people go through loaves of bread. Seems like, but uh, what's interesting okay. is you see we've seen a lot of teams struggle, uh, uh, and you know they 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 you know the pundits had written Tom Brady off, they'd written Eli Manning off, uh, and uh, and and you know I think the the they think the Giants have won three in a row after losing the first couple and. And the show that the show that the Pats put on last this past week is was amazing. Um, the Raiders don't have any bounce back. I mean, we've seen these guys lose with 13, 14 games in a row now, and uh, they, they, there's nothing there's nothing there. Seems like where they where they're going to have they're going to have a, a game where they show that they still should be playing on a professional level. 
Well, the thing is, is a sad thing about the Raiders situation. We got to wait and see. We got to see if they can turn it around this year and establish what the rest of the season is about. I don't think they're going to be able to do that. If they do, uh, they better stick with this coach and let, and let him build a system. You can't get rid of someone. And what, what, he's going to put his little, you know, odds and ends together in a system. And the thing is, you got to remember, I'm a former player. I saw different. I saw a system change, and it's very frustrating. If you go to, if you're learning one playbook and somebody comes, you got to learn another one. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, McFadden's been there what seven years? Has McFadden been there for five or six years now? So, so, so McFadden has been through three systems. <laughs> you know how frustrating that is? The terminology you have to learn. So I'm just saying, who knows what's going to happen with the Raiders? I hope they can turn it around. Because that's been a that's been a prize press franchise. Uh, for a decade, what Mal Davis did in his year in this tenure there, and he has an owner. Yeah. And I know to tell him he was really not really in, in involved, and he was. He was not really accurate. But the bottom line, because he became an old man and eventually passed away. But the bottom line is that was been a story franchise. And for where they are now, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty awful. Yeah. But if they can turn it around and salvage what they have, because they do have talented players. But the whole league is talent. There's a lot of talent everywhere. It's just a matter of being on the same. And like I always preach to everybody out there, I want everybody to know to listen to Pro football and Division One football, it is academic. They're all great athletes, but it's academic. If everybody's on the same page, you're going to have all kinds of problems. Speaking of, speaking of uh, uh, everybody being on the same page and, and whatnot, when, you're, when the leader of your team is usually the quarterback, uh, and I'm talking Geno Smith here for, for, the, for the Jets, uh, Opts to go to a movie instead of a team meeting uh, on game day or, or prior to the game. Uh, what, what does that show? What kind of leadership does that show? <laughs> I mean, you know, everybody's making a big deal of me. It could be the time change, whatever. But his timing was bad. Really, it was just an honest mistake. But the timing was bad. He's the leader of the team. You know, the Jets got to work on that internally. The sad thing is, I'm not going to put any a lot on, on on this one kid. Look. The Jets are the same situation like the Raiders, but it's not as bad as the Raiders. It all starts at the top. And the thing is, he's got to have pieces around him. And let me tell you something else. Like I've always said, it depends on what system he's around, what head coach he's around. Who knows? Geno Smith can go with the Patriots and be a, and can be a superstar. That's how much I believe in uh, in, in, in Belichick. You can could, you could put him in, in a Pete Carroll system. I think he would flourish even better. See, it all depends where you are. It all depends what kind of system you are and how they utilize you and putting the pieces around you. See, a lot of people always say, oh, he's busy. It's not it. You know, this kid can play. And they wouldn't take him the second round the way they did. And basically, I don't even think he should have won the second round. He should have won the late first. But about, it all depends what team you get to. Period. Now, after seeing, after seeing uh, the let's this, this, this call it what it is, the lack of success that he's had there uh, in New York. Um, what are your thoughts? I, I, I always thought the same, same similar situation with Sanchez. I think uh, I, I think it was a bad fit for him to play there. Uh, I, I think he, he probably could have played other, other places and have been a different system. Uh, do you think uh, you think that the same thing is, uh, is it the same, or is, is Smith a different type of player? Or do you, uh, we're talking two different quarterbacks, and even Michael Vick came in and, and, you know, and to, to play uh, a lot of the game on Sunday, and he couldn't do anything either. So do uh, you think it's the quarterback there, or do you think it's uh, just the entire system? 
whole system of organization. You see, the, the, the Mark Sanchez showed, and he did get him to the, to the AFC playoffs two years in a row. Yeah. And he did show something. And where, where, did, where did that lead? Something happened there. Why was that drop-off drop, that drop so drastic? Well, it's not the ball player. It's the overall systematic thing of how the organizations run and how you draft and you scout players and who, who's a fit and who's not and how the coach – and if the talent of the coach, you know, if, if, if he's the overseer of the whole team, offensively and defensively, it falls back on them. On them. Now, Rex Ryan is a great defensive coach, but, but where does the offensive strategies are? I don't see any of that put together. Right. You know, and, 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 I, and I can tell you, this, for example, if, if – let me give you an example. You take Drew Brees, who was with the San Diego Chargers when they were struggling. Mm-hmm. He's the same Drew Brees with New Orleans Saints. <laughs> Why is it that he, he could be with Sean Payton? And go to Super Bowl and be a consistent team, and he was saying he was, he was buried and said he couldn't play. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, so believe me, if if uh, <clears throat> I believe Mark Sanchez was flourishing the Phillies, I think Mark Sanchez would be better with with, with, with uh, Philadelphia Eagles if he had a shot versus where he was with the, with the Jets. And I say I, I still think the same thing about Geno Smith. I don't think he's a. I think he's a good quarterback. He's just in the wrong place. Right. And whatever he's doing, and, and it's, it's proof in the pity, pudding. Michael Vick, if he's struggling, you know he's struggling. You, you know that something's bad. You know what I mean? Listen, you know, a lot of people tend to forget, well, the kids suck. That's not it. It changes from team to team. Can you picture if, if Russell Wilson was down in Miami somewhere? <laughs> Pitcher Russell, and because he's even with Dallas. Yeah. Well, see, Dallas is trying to find their way. They're trying to find their way. They realize that they need. They, they realize that they have to have Romo manage the team, and the piece, the pieces are all there. That's all systematic. And that's all coaching. Same with the Jets. Same with Geno. Same thing. You know, we talk about, uh, you hear a lot about this in baseball, and I, and I kind of heard it mentioned a, a few times in football, and you having uh, played in a variety of places. Is, is, it, is it really more pressure put on you if you're playing in, like, the New York market or the L.A. market as opposed to playing for the Cardinals or, or, or uh, uh, you know, in Dallas, you know, Dallas as opposed to playing for the Texans? Is there, is there, is there more pressure on the individual athlete uh, in specific markets as opposed to just playing pro sports? Well, of course. You live playing in L.A. with high expectations. Definitely playing in New York with high expectations. But, with, but, but one, thing, one thing that the New York fans do, they're smart fans. They do know when stuff is messed up. And they know it's not really the ball players. The savvy fans know that. The savvy fans everywhere. Because it's been proven, and they've seen it. They've seen other places. Guys with other teams and flourish, just like Blue Breeze did with San Diego Chargers. And and it's tougher to play. Of course, it's tougher to play in D.C. No, it's tough to play in New York. New York is the toughest place to play. Then I would say after that is L.A. Because yeah. if you don't win here, you have empty stadiums. <laughs> but, 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 but but the funny thing about the New York area is that they'll come see you. 
And he'll come and see to talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like anything. If you can, if you can live and survive in New York, you can work anywhere. You can make it anywhere. That that's the saying about being from New York. Yeah, New York being the number one market, absolutely. And then the thing is, there you got you got your diehard fans in New York. Talking about the Yankees, the Mets, the Giants. You know, those 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 those, those guys are. They're loyal fans, but when, you, when when they think you're playing bad, they're gonna let you know it. Yeah, they're gonna let you know. And in in, in in all respects to the Giants, look, all Eli needs is the pieces. He's already proven he can win a Super Bowl. So I don't know why they they can probably say he's washed. I don't think he's washed up. He just need he needs to put other pieces around. And then also, they're adjusting to a new system. They're adjusting to a new system. Don't you people don't people don't get that? He's adjusting to a new system. With it's a, it's a learning curve. With uh, with the way things have been happening in in, in, in the NFL this year, and then we're going to get to the NCAA too. Um, a lot of teams that were expected to come out of the gate hot didn't, and a lot of teams that don't normally uh, don't don't normally shine or haven't shined for a long a long time are, and uh, some of these teams that didn't come out of the gate hot are starting to bounce back. Um, but even every year, and you know, you and I have talked about this. You know, week one, week two, everybody started predicting who's going to be in the Super Bowl, who's going to make the playoffs, and this team is, oh, they've lost two games, they're done, they're not going to win their division, and then and things uh, things change week to week. Why, why is there so much of that, uh, progn- you, know, uh, you know, the, 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 the pundits uh, throwing things out there about who's, who's going to play where, who's going to make it to the, to, the, to the playoffs and stuff so early in the season? First of all, let me say this, too. It makes good radio to predict stuff. It makes good TV to predict stuff. You can throw all that out, okay? Especially in the trigger this year and for pro football and in, in, in college football. You say to see on any given weekend, somebody can beat you, and that's why you shouldn't be projecting anything. Matter of fact, people should sit back. What they should do: sit back, pop their soda can and their beer can, sip it, sip it, and and see where everything goes. Now, obviously, you see what's going on. In far as the NFL is concerned, as we know. The NFL wants parity. They want parity. You can see it, except for the Raiders, maybe the Jaguars, or you know, and, and some other tiers of other teams. But the bottom line is, they want to see parity. They want to see at the end of the day who's going to be there. They might have a door course come out of somewhere else and be in an NFC Championship or AFC Championship game. Of course, you're going to have the front runners like Seattle, San Francisco, and NFC. Then you're going to have uh, Denver. And, and the Patriots and the Andrews. When everybody thinks about championship stuff, they think of those four teams, in my opinion. In my opinion. Right. Because so Brady, Eli, Kaepernick, Russell. And then, of course, you got Rodgers, and you got, <clears throat> and you got the boys in New Orleans, Drew Brees. So I'm just saying that there's, there's certain guys that expect to be there every year. But as far as I'm concerned now, Anything can happen. Anything. Yeah. That just makes for good radio and good television. People running their mouths if they don't know what they're talking about. They should wait and see. Period. That's what I said. Talking about the, the same the same subject. Let's let's move it to the let's move it to the collegiate level. Uh, you know, the, the everybody just about damn near everybody in the top ten lost a game last weekend uh, in uh, Division One NCAA football. Uh, were any were any of those surprises to you? No. Nothing surprises me. 
because he's going to get that win anyway. And, 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 and as far as parity's concerned now, like, I, like we talked about last week, I hate to try to pound my chest, but <laughs> I said last week, I told you last week this is what can happen. They can have 10 teams with one loss records. And so how do you deal with that? Right. So basically if you're telling everybody, okay, whoever ends up with the best record in the year, they're going to be the top four. Well, how do you, how do you, how do you project? How do you project a team in the top four when everybody has one loss? And you can have, you can have a team with two losses could be the best team. Right. That's why I say, that's why you should have, that's why you should have a full-fledged playoff system. Not for a, a full-fledged conference-to-conference playoff. Use the bowl system to go through it. And whatever comes out of the bowls, you have the, you have the, the national playoff, the national championship games. And then if you got a second, second place teams in those conferences, you see them play them much. You play the hula hoo bowl or the, or the battery bowl or the, or, or the corn chip bowl, whatever you want to do, you want to do that. Everybody makes money. Right. It all comes down to the money. So that's why I understand how you can have a playoff system like that. And, 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 I, and I, think, I, I think I proved that point when people got knocked. Alabama, UCLA, Oregon. Look at all the people that got beat. Texas Look at all the people that got beat. And next week, and this next week's not, it's going to be the same. So, so everybody's playing musical chairs now. And what it says, eeny, meeny, mighty toe, and then catch a tiger by his toe. <laughs> so that's what's going on right now. And so they got this, this mini group that's going to pick the, the top four. Well, how do you pick the top four? Strength of schedule? You can. Because anybody can win on any given day. Right. And that's what everybody has to look at. To all college fans and pro football fans, remember this. We're all human. On any given day, you can get beat. Who knows? You take, you, 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 you take, look at the NC 12. Look, in the pack, for example, you take the Pac 12. Arizona's done the feed. 5 and 0. If you'd have if you, if said to me, in the U, in August, that Arizona, would be five and zero at this point juncture in the season. You say we were smoking something. <laughs> They're five and zero. Yeah, yeah, they are. And and I, I believe SC is going to have to play them this week. My school USC has to go down to Arizona and play. Now you really and that's really a scary game for me. I don't. I, I can't predict what's going to happen there. Sure, SC can go out there and blow their blow their socks off, but they can go down there and get beat too again. Well, let me ask you something real quick about your alma mater. Uh, the uh, you know they played they played uh, Arizona State. Berkovici, I'm not going to take anything away from him. He's a backup guy from local local guy playing playing backup. Uh, he brought he brought those guys back. But uh, this hell Mary pass, there's a lot of mistakes. I, I, we we don't have all day to talk about. But this hell Mary pass with uh, four defenders just standing there looking at the ball, and this guy just runs up and snags it and runs it in the end zone. Is that coaching, or is that just uh, uh, just a, a lapse? Uh, what, what happened there? Man, I, don't, man, I don't even know what that was. I thought I was on Prozac watching that. <laughs> <laughs> this kid that came to talk to Pappy, he's six to three and a half, almost four. They all knew he was out there, and, and all and all the uh, and all, all the quarterback did was throw it up to the highest one. He went up and got it. 
So basically what you, what they should have had on defensively is they should have went straight up in there and knocked it down. Well, that's the thing. He went up, I think his name was Strong. He went up and grabbed it in front of four guys who were just standing there looking at the ball. They, it was like they were receiving a punt almost. They were just standing there looking up at the sky at the ball, but nobody made an effort to, to, to knock it down, bat it down, yeah. intercept it. Make a tackle or anything. It's just uh, I'm, I'm sure they're afraid of a, an interference call. But strong, he was the guy you should have focused on anyway. Yeah, somebody should have been focused on every receiver, and then when they went up, you going up. You see that ball, you judge the ball, then you go up. You know, it's like the quarterback said in his interview, the post game. They said they worked on it all the time, all the time. Yeah, they worked it. that's his name, right? Yeah, Berkovici. Yeah. Berkovici, right. Excuse me about that. The bottom line is he said they work on training on time. His key was to throw it to, to, to Strong, that, that big receiver, that big, strong physical receiver. And that was his objective, to throw it so he can go up and have a chance to catch the ball. And they should have known that defensively. He was running right down the middle of the field, and he threw it up just for him to get the shot. <laughs> when that ball goes in there, you brace yourself, ready to go up and knock it down. Now, I don't know whether that was coaching, was a breakdown of the players. I have no clue. But I can tell you it was bad for us because, yeah, are you kidding me? And, and, and Arizona State had no timeouts left. No. That's the other thing. And they really clock managed that game perfectly with no timeouts. That was phenomenal. In any case, you got to take your hats off to Arizona State. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean you know, and first of all, if SC was expecting to win and where they were ranked, it should have never, never got to that point. should have never got to that point. They should after 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 XC scored. They should they, they should have shut them down right there. See the problem, Harry, when they, when, when he, he threw that when they threw that pass was strong before he even got into the Harold Mary. I mean, they, they, when they scored, when they came back and scored right away, right? Oh, unbelievable! They came right back and scored. They were back in the game. That right there was a breakdown. Uh, you know, it's 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 I'll always. Tell you what, I'll tell you I tell you what, you know, even though SC was on the losing end of that, but you know, in a lot of ways that 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 was good. That was good football. That was good television. I mean, that was one exciting game. Well, that's I mean, what, that's what I was just gonna say. Yeah. I mean, both sides were uh, could have played much better, especially SC. But the way it came down, people got their money's worth. <laughs> well, it's always it's always exciting to watch a team that just won't quit, and uh, and that game Arizona just wouldn't quit. I mean, you know they take a hit, they 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 fall behind, and they and they try to keep clawing their way back, stay in, stay in the game. You know you don't have to be leading the whole game, you stay in the game, and and they, those kids just wouldn't quit. And uh, you know that's, I mean it was it was a, like you said it was good TV. I tell you what, Bonavici, let me tell you, that quarterback here from San, from the, from the San Fernando Valley area, you know something? I'm proud of him. And let me tell you something. Arizona State, got, they got to make some decisions now. <laughs> he, might move that, he might move into that starting position. You know, things, funny things happen. But, you know, if he, if he can lead his team in to do stuff like what he did, hats off to him. Yeah. But, you know, SC's got to regroup. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and... Wow, this is going to be tough. This has got to be a tough week for him. I tell you, uh, another 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 collegiate team that uh, you have uh, you have some experience with, uh, Notre Dame. Those guys, uh, I don't know. They keep finding a way to, to get it done. Uh, is is uh, are they are they for real? Well, based on their schedule, they're for real. Yeah. And and you know, like, I, like I've always said, you know, 
with Notre Dame and SC's playing foot, good football, it's good for college football. And uh, I hope SC can regroup. But Notre Dame, of course, taking their hats off. They're doing well. I mean, based on what the schedule is, they're undefeated. And they're building momentum. And I think I think they're going to be tough. And, and uh, I hope with time the SC-Notre Dame game comes out that USC can be respectable and have a decent record. But right now, Notre Dame is no joke. Yeah. They're doing great back there down there, out there in South Bend. Uh, Alabama lost this, year, this week. <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, I've heard a little rumblings about here about, first of all, the Kiffin relationship with, with Saban. And a lot of people were saying, well, uh, Kiffin called the game. That's one of the reasons they might have problems. I, don't, I really don't know about that. And, he, and, and that Saban went away from his grinded-out type of football. Uh, a lot of people probably said that, you know, that, you know, he's lacking the pieces he had in the past. I don't know. But let me tell you this about a Saban football team. Uh, they're going to be there at the end of the year, one way or the other. And don't be and don't and don't think they may not be the way this crazy system stuff. They may they might end up in being one of the top four teams anyway. They might. But you got Ole Miss and you got Mississippi State. Now those are new boys on the block. Right. Depending on what they do and an outcome the rest of the season. And Auburn, those 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 four teams, they're gonna be right there in the pack somewhere. LSU's dropped off. But Alabama, and they can get to in in, in a Lane Kiffin and Saban can get on the same page. <laughs> if they can get on the same page and he can control it, Alabama's always going to be there. I don't care what, what they say, whatever. Alabama's still a strong program. Last, last but not least, uh, uh, the uh, uh, Florida State, are they, are they still still high on your list? Oh, yeah, they, they're, they're going to be. I mean, they stumbled with, with Jamison and all that kind of Hey, listen. The kid has some issues, but, you know, hey, he's still a hell of an athlete, uh, both football and baseball, and Florida State's going to be there. Unless, unless something dramatically happens, I don't see anybody beating them now. Uh, they they just still a talented team, and it's going to get better. They're going to be there, too. They're going to be there, too. Good. And that's how strong they are. Well, plenty plenty of football left on the collegiate and professional level. we got we got a, a lot more uh, – a lot more, lot more games to, to be played, and a lot more we'll have to talk about. Uh, once again, uh, you got you, you, the books coming out early, ne- early next month. Uh, kickoff, concussion, how the Notre Dame killer recovered his brain. Ad, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you, and, and I'm sure we'll chat sometime this week, and then we'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Well, I'll tell you what, getting ready for the tilted kilt. Tilted kilt and orange. Be You'll be there Saturday uh, all day for all the collegiate all games, day. right? Talking to everybody, talking a bunch of football trash. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's always a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I might be able to swing by there this week. I'll, I'll try to come by and see you and, and, and hang out for a little bit. Okay, thank you. Thank you, AD. That's going to do it for us this week on uh, Swoops World. And, uh, thank you for tuning in, and we'll, we'll catch you guys all next week. Good night, all. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. 